Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. Hola, guys. It's the Viking. And you got the bourbon cowboy here yeah. in the sun with the shades on. We are out here at the uh, Bourbon Cowboys. Well, it's the Agua Farm, but right now we're in between seasons, which happens weekly. Right now, we're (laughs) out here. Let's go daily. Summertime. It's daily now. (laughs) With stick figure. (laughs) And another day, well, you know, it'll be. We'll be out here singing Jack Frost. Rocky Mountain High and Jack Frost burns your nose off or some shit. Because we're supposed to get another eight inches this week. It's been like, uh, you know, bathing suit. One day and then, yeah. you know, snow boots the next. Seriously, it's absolutely insane. And yeah, here in St. Louis, yeah. most of you guys are probably here listening to us. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just weird, man. Which hopefully, hopefully I think that means we'll have a, not a crazy hot, but a unique summer. You know, or not at all. And it'll just rain for three fucking months. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah, me neither. That's what Portland's for. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so we're hanging out here um, at the Agua Farm. Um, we are lighting up some new cigars on the podcast, not necessarily new to us. Um, I'm smoking the Private Reserve Black Oak from Tatuaje, the Corona Gordo, and the Cowboy is smoking the Cro-Magnum Black Irish. Um, so that's the Candela Barber Pole from Roma Craft. Um, limited release, you know, it kind of, it falls in line with like the Sabretooth and the Mammoth, if you remember those when those dropped. Yeah, I have to get, take some pictures of that. It's a little unique. It's like thin. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe 316. It's down to 116. A little rare because I'll we'll put a picture of it on the dealio. And it couldn't be better. The sun's in and out, clouds flying by, but it is probably a 15 mile an hour wind, which just subtle though. It's these are probably constant. pretty pretty good. These are will hold up. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. All right, and then tell them what what we're gonna be pairing today. This is fun. Well, I was deciding on what to do, and um, I, I did find some new stuff. I'll tell you about well, a, a couple new bottles. One has been secured. The other I have, but. I was like, man, let's go back and look at the bookers because I've got them, you know, some open in the vault. I don't know, maybe 10. Anyway, we picked out one, two, three, four, five. And um, I just says, man, let's go through these bookers. There's probably, we got one from 18, two from 19, and two from 20. And um, let's just talk about them. Have, have a small pour of each. And we can talk about them and the story and what we know about them and just kind of review and maybe pick 
what we think maybe our favorite or maybe our, our top two yeah. of these and I thought that would be fun. This is cool because we've drank all of them and we've talked about almost every one of these on an episode, but we've never, which seems strange, we've never done like, not that we, these are not all in chronological order, it's not like there's all four from the past three years, but you've got some that are really close. Um, we've never gone with like, you know, 2020, one, two, three, four, and ran them against each other. It was just, we had them and then we didn't. I'm gonna walk over here. Just had to walk over to light a cigar real quick. The wind, the wind isn't bad. It's a, it's a more of a, a occasional gust than it is like a steady breeze. You get more time. Sometimes it blows a little longer. Sometimes it slows down. It's not too horrible. All right. So we are back. Well, now whether this is true or not, but this is what I remember. We're gonna start off with this 2018. It's the 2018 uh, 02 in his backyard barbecue. And as if I remember right, I thought this was awful good. It comes in at 128.8 proof. And uh, six years, two months, 10 days. Most of them are kind of like that. They're know. pretty close, right? Oh, yeah, they're all different. Two days, one day. So they get them down pretty natty natty. So, anyway. This is Backyard Barbecue, which on the nose, I'm assuming it should tell you something a little bit about Backyard Barbecue, which there is. Yeah. It's definitely not charcoal or, or char wood like barrel, but like smoke. Would you say that's a two ounce pour or one pour? Borderline one and a half. Okay, I better watch it. Otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna have like, you know, one, two, three, five. Mm. All right, cheers. cheers. Backyard barbecue rolling. And this is the this is from 2018. This is the second release of 18. So It's not bad at all. Well, it's kind of the first one. Yeah. And first like, drink, listen, too. Like, first sip, too. So, here's the other thing. In picking these, I need to pull pull down on the pour because we do have to realize that I, I was also considering a bib. You know, like, pull up about six of the old bibs and yeah. trying those. But we're not starting out with anything mild. I mean, we're almost at, we're at 30 proof. We're at 129 proof if you round up. And I'm just starting this cigar. <clears throat> yeah, this is actually really interesting too. So we, we know we don't normally uh, kind of plan out the cigar versus the bourbon really. We kind of just like to do it. But being with Booker's, and I think the lightest of these expressions is 125 something. I think it may not be. But um, so we went with good body of cigars but left the strength off them around a medium to hang out.
getting in this cigar right off the bat. It's probably the green cap. Well, the Candela right away should give you something a little different. Yeah. And Candela is always interesting because that's one of those tobaccos where... Yeah, but I'm trying to get a taste, you know, kind of a taste on it. Like what it reminds me of. Hmm. I think green is stuck in my head, so I'm looking for something <laughs> green. <laughs> I know no, it think, sounds funny, but that's so kind of unconsciously what your head's not most, doing. Most Candela, right? And there can be different forms of Candela. Some of it's sweeter, some of it not as bitter. But um, typically with Candela, people go one or the other way. It's got some flavor or it just doesn't, right? It's just it's just there. It's not. It's kind of got like a weedy, like okay. some sort of weed. Not that I eat a lot of weeds or taste a lot of weeds, but I'm just saying it's got kind of a, I mean, I have had some like seaweed, and it's just kind of a strange taste to it. Or a leaf, you know, like in your lettuce variety, if we were like, like either a romaine or, or some sort of leafy taste to it. So it's, it's a little bitter. Like um, I know I know you've taken like a wheat straw, right? Chew on a wheat straw. A little bitter like that. Yeah. Okay, different, but but it's good. Remind me to tell you about that when we're done. Oh, okay. You're gonna laugh your ass off. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That cigar is really interesting. So I definitely can tell you, like I, you know, the Crow Magnum is probably my favorite. Yep, that's why I, that's why I gave that. And um, I can taste that, but there's that Candela in there that's kind of throwing me off. And then, bada bing, right. I throw a little backyard barbecue in there. Man, I think that's good. Yeah, that's fantastic. And now, we're not going to have a lot of down talk on these because these yeah. are all kind of our favorites. There's been like, there's been like one that, it wasn't even that we didn't like it. It just wasn't like, I don't really need the bottle, you know? Like Now, this one for me, I think it's got a little heat on it. Oh, you know, it does. We've had some of these where the, we don't talk about the heat too much and we're blown away. Well, because it's more, typically the heat's more sweet and all that. This is more expression of little book style. Yeah. But it is backyard barbecue, so I right. can see them putting a little heat right. on this. And I do, I do like, you know, we've talked before about how, you know, names and explanations can always lend to, you know, thought process on flavor and stuff like this. But backyard barbecue, and, and you're looking at it, I like, I like the the smoke. The it's almost, it's not like if you just had, like I said, it's not charcoal and it's not like burnt wood. But if you had, if you just had a raw smoking chip. And it, it, it's it's smoking, right? There's like a, a sweet, sweet smoke that, that I well, get. Well, okay. So now I barbecue. I slop barbecue on my stuff. So you get that dripping sauce down in there, and the juices of whatever steak, pork steaks, ribs, whatever you're cueing on your cue. 
that smoke in there when you open the lid it all kind of comes up and I think that smoke out of the, the smoker kind of is what they've tried to kind of and I don't like to that's use that's the word exactly infused, what, that's exactly what I'm but to that's say. kind of the smoky yeah you know, okay, so yeah, okay, so you know when you smoke something, right? Especially in an offset smoker, even even if you're smoking at 200 plus degrees, right? When that smoke's leaving that flute, it's kind of a lukewarm smoke. That smell, that right there. Where it's not, it's not, it's not the smell when you open the grill and it blooms into your face. Not that, but the kind of exiting smoke, which which I think is really unique. And this is, I do like what you said, this is more reminiscent of Little Book to me, with the heat being prominently there, but backyard barbecue. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I think we, I think we, I think we nailed on that one. Yeah. So... <laughs> well, I you know, there's there's guy, uh, a friend of ours who it was in an interview, and he got kind of chastised on the interview, and then... He had, he had a talking to or whatever, and we asked him, what did he think of the interview? And he goes, I think I nailed it. <laughs> and he was kind of called out for talking too much and like trying to take over the show. And it was kind of like, I thought I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, yeah, so we'll keep smoking into these and we'll, we'll finish this before we move into the next one. But I have a burning question I have to ask. You are caught up on 1883, right? Oh yeah. Okay, did she die? What do you what mean? Do you think? Did she die? Or you caught up, right? Oh yeah. Oh okay. okay. I see what you're saying. What do you well, think? Well, she was still riding her pony when I, know. I saw her. I know. I know the whole thing, but right. I just don't know how. Okay, here's my question. You know, okay, here's 1883. Right. Of course they haven't. I mean, they're still a ways from where the hell they're Literally trying to get to. Months. Okay, months. so is 1883 done? And then 1932 is going to be the next pickup. Because you know he's doing the next one is 1932 is the next series. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Well, but I thought 1883 had like five Wait, seasons. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't see all the new shows that he's putting out? There's like five new shows. Well, I know he's doing the, the 6666 Ranch in Texas. I know he's doing yeah. that. Um, oh, he's doing like five more completely stuff you've never even heard of. So is 1883 just done after one season? That's what I don't know. Because I, she is the character. I mean, it's all about her and and, and her narration of, right. of her young well, life and, yeah, and right. all of this. I mean, it would just, they're all ready for her to die. But you know, I just, she's different. She's strong. Yes. Yeah. See, I feel like if I that was the plan, it. if that was the plan, you picked way too damn good of an actress to portray somebody for her to just disappear after one season. No. Yeah, sorry. But, you know, fan theory and shit, right, that I find really interesting. So when John's talking to his wife and he goes, wherever, where we bury her is where we'll stay. So the whole fan theory is they make it to Montana. Right. And he buries her in Yellowstone and that's what starts the Dutton Ranch. Well, we've had, me and her my wife have had discussions because I think the little boy that's John Dutton's dad would that work well you figure the kid's got to be what five six years five, old six right okay so let's say he lives back in no that's got to be John Dutton's granddad well we talked about that because remember in season four the flashback you see John 
His dad dies them out there looking over the water. He but looked old, his though. Dad would he be looked like he was 80. <laughs> his dad would be 150 years old. No. But, no. Let's say his dad... Oh, wait. ...was 80. 18. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking 17. Yeah, if he's 80, that's 1950. The next series starts 1932. So they're 83 right now. So, I mean, he's going to make it to 1970-something. Right. Okay. So that's going to take it into the Yellowstone era. Okay. And, you know, John himself is probably He's in late his mid 60s, to late right? 60s. Isn't that the whole idea? Yeah. Him? So I just don't see how you get three in there. Now, maybe. Right. Possibly. But, um, if, if, if granddad died young, son born, you know. I personally don't see how there's not another 1883. you got to kind of get us to... you gotta you got to get to where, like... You, you got it in that whole trail story, right? Well, there ain't. I mean, shit. They've only been traveling for how many days? And and oh no, it's been it's th- been months. Okay, it's well, three quarter months, of them yeah. are already dead. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's there's true. not. I don't know. That's true. I. Uh, but I got to tell you, the last three episodes have been the best. I mean, fantastic. I mean, she she fantastic. has blown me away. And then the relationship with her and the Indian and her picking. Now, I will tell you this. I was laughing at Janine. He's telling her all these Indian names and words for her lightning, golden hair, and all this shit. Yeah. And she's picking it up right away. That she's already on the range screaming these things to these other Indians. And that's what stops them. they all speak English. Yeah. And, you fight uh, like Comanche. <laughs> I'm like, I would have never been able to pick it up. Hell, I'd have been killed because I could never say that shit. Right. But um, I don't know, man. It's just real interesting. I'm real curious to see. And they're not waiting. Sunday. She is the whole series. Because, one, Sam Elliott is one of my favorite cowboys. Yes. I am so sick of him being a bummer. (laughs) Like, he's either crying. He's ready to leave the party. Everybody's going to die. Right. You know, him and Dutton. I mean, shit. He's like, he's ready to go to Denver. Yo, who, Dutton's like, I'm not going. Everything he says I want to do, Dutton says, no, we're not doing that. What would you have done if I told you that I think, or two months ago I said I think Tim McGraw would have played one of the best Cowboys I've ever seen on TV? Well, he's even a bit irritating for me, too. Well, he's too tough. He never cracks a smile. No, he's too He's and neither too does, hard. And that's why his daughter. That's because their teeth are too fucking white. It doesn't I, make sense. <laughs> yeah. Because there's some ugly something. Because he he, smi- he smiles one time at Esla the show and like through that black beard you see these pearly whites. Yeah, no. I'm like, bro, you're cruising through the dam. You're crossing the fucking country and you got perfect teeth. Well, they're definitely the daughter is definitely carrying the attitude of Beth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's carrying that all the way. I to, said that last that's night. That's where it all starts, right? I was like, that's where Beth gets her attitude, right? Yep. Said it last night. Yeah. Anyway, man, the last three episodes, I mean, and you know what? I just appreciate the photography, being up in the mountains, being on an adventure. And it just goes to show when you watch this shit, you're just constantly telling yourself, I mean, you you better be a badass if you're going to make it back in those days. Oh, yeah. What did, uh, what did, um... I mean, for Dutton to ride right down in the middle of that war party. Yeah. And he doesn't know if his daughter talked to them or nothing. He doesn't know shit. 
and then run across all these Indians that speak English. Come on, and they're pretty fluent. I mean, well, that that time that time period, it sounds right. I mean, they've been they've been fighting they've been fighting you know continental and, soldiers for hundred years. Well, I'm kind of tired of Dutton. I, I'm real sick of Sam Elliott because he's well, such I'm, a whiny little guy. Let's be honest too. I'm also tired of, of Elsa a little bit because if she's that fucking badass, go on and do something yourself then. Right. You want to shake over the Indian? Stay with the Indian. Well, right. she's got an aura around her that some, you know, somebody's watching out for her. But whatever. And then the new Indian, he was pretty cool. Her love interest. But I did think it was funny when mom and dad were saying, "God, she's like, hell, she'll find three other lovers by the time we get to Oregon." <laughs> what did he say? He goes, "Shit." <laughs> he said, "Shit." The rate she's keeping up, she'll fall in love six more times. Right. And that's the truth, though. And I think her mom's a little jealous of this little fun she's having. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, another character, the black guy's all right, but the cook, I was kind of digging him. You'd, okay, so you recognize oh, him, absolutely. don't you? From Mayor Kingstown? Yeah, Did you still, finish Mayor He's Kingstown? the guy that got shot right there at the end. You're going to be my Mona Lisa. Yeah, right. Top 10 finishing character lines in the world in a scene. And you'll look at my Mona Lisa. Boom! <laughs> Dead. Yeah. Fantastic. No, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, man. I mean, I I just... You can't end it there, right? Like, I know I, I they're time-lapsing. Like, they're time-lapsing as they move. And you saw that in that last episode because when she opens up and she's talking and she's looking at the mountains, she goes, you know, the mountains are covered in snow and winter can't can't wait to prey on us or whatever. You know, they left in the beginning of, of spring. And it's already, you know, where they're at now. It's getting ready to go to winter. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem like they've only crossed one river, maybe two. I don't know. But it just, I don't know. I, it took me everything I had to hang on for those four episodes. I'm like, they haven't even got to a river yet. Right. <laughs> anyway, and then the snakes and all. Well, I mean, they're trying to really portray this. But the other thing that I've come to amazingly appreciate is Sheridan's writing. I mean, this guy is out off the hook. Dude, he he is is Where does he have talented. time to write all this shit? I don't know. Does he just, he has to just sit down with a, a group of writers that are his writers and he's giving them stuff to to fill in and what he's doing and trying to achieve. He can't be writing all this shit. No, if because you, when you see all the new series that he's writing, there's the they got the Kansas City mob one coming with Stallone. Then they've got another. They've got the four sixes. Then they've got another one who is going to be a um, oil baron that okay. they're doing one on. And then there's another one that I can't. When you go and look it up again, there's a teaser on Sheridan and upcoming deals. Look at. They'll go through all of them. Um, but some real interesting stuff. But man, he, it's obvious this guy is just an amazing writer. And I read his whole background. Oh, I just... Okay, so I don't know what it's going to be called, but 1883 was picked up for 10 more episodes uh, Tuesday. Oh. And I just hope they have all 10 episodes and they don't do shit like split them. Like, it, what's yeah. the just... Like, Ozark. That's a split season. This is the oh, final I, season. I haven't watched Ozark since the first season. Oh, well, that's another Band of the Bone series. Is I can't it? believe you're oh, okay. not staying yeah. on top of that. No, I have to get back to it. It's fantastic. I mean, those characters. And speaking of Ozark, the little curly-headed blonde that Did helps. you watch Inventing Anna? 
I've seen it all. Dude. She's amazing. She's mesmerizing to me. Yeah, she is. She fascinates me. That is insane. I don't know if she fascinates me or the... Is it arrogance? Is that the word I want to use of rich people? Like those billionaire type, right? That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but like, she had the same... Or the uh, gullible, the gullibleness. It has nothing to do with being rich. Like you, it get, is everything. you get found out. Like she's found out and she's still running with it. it never stops. Yeah, but you're finding out of the life that we don't spend a lot of time in what they're like when you get to that level yeah but she had the same arrogance living in a trailer park too and she's trailer trash and she has the same resolve the same you know that's uh, true um moxie where it's all yeah like, whether yeah. she's up in uh, brooklyn or new york with the elite or she's trailer trash down in the ozark she's still got the same moxie but I think it's her and her voice, the tone, and her accent, and how you know she's a badass, and she has the same kind of moxie as a very well thought out. You can tell she's extremely um, intelligent she's to pull that shit dumb. off. Oh yeah, she is not dumb at all. She's incredibly intelligent. So her inventing Anna is not over. That's gonna go. I think she, she ends up. She's already out of jail. She only yeah, she's did in, one she, year. Yeah, she's time. in she's in ICE detention right now. Right. Yeah. She's still active. She's active on Instagram. Active like, on Instagram now. Right. This yeah. is going to be wild. Yeah. Like she's yeah. She is getting deported back to Germany, but okay. you'll hear about it. Holy hell, we're still on. Uh, yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> we're still on backyard barbecue. I was getting excited about that, but yeah. anyway. Um. Yeah, the shows are. The shows are picking up, man. I'm, I'm really excited about 1883. Um, I hope Yellowstone finishes strong. Um, this is the last season for Yellowstone. Coming like next year, probably. Finish it strong. Well, we know who's the uh, singing cowboy. That's what I call yeah. it. He's headed to four sixes. Yeah. Uh, now, you've seen all of Yellowstone, yeah, right? Yeah, Because I always got to watch it because some guys are only on finishing season three. No, And no, you know what's really funny is I watched with my son. He's starting season three, which I thought was funny. He's out in the, the uh, mountains with his nephew. Mm-hmm. And in there, his kid is still having nightmares because of the skin, the Aryan Nation. Yeah. Get, and he goes, Dad, I ha- uh, Grandpa, I'm having these dreams. And he goes, and then he says, do you have any dreams like that? And do you remember what Dutton said? He says, I keep having this dream about driving and pulling over and somebody needs help, but they really don't need my help. Oh, So he's he already he having a premonition yeah, that's of the yeah. end of season three. Man, I told you, know when that happened? You I almost t- got to watch these like three or yeah. four times to pick up all the shit. When he gets shot in the end of that, I read that all wrong. Like, I thought when he pulled over and was helping, I thought that chick was going to shoot him. Like, I thought she was, which remember, because she got, like, nervous when she looked back. That was and like a decoy. The tire. Yeah. But then they shot her. When well, she's running away, they clip her. Maybe they shoot the decoys, yeah. too. And, yeah, and here's the thing when it comes to movies. Yeah, that's true. Never mind. That's true. But, right? Yeah. Because they don't, they don't. It's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It is. It is fun. I like it. I mean, seriously, they're that good. You can almost have watch parties, and I'm sure they're out. Mm. Watch parties would be fun as hell for that kind of thing. 
but yeah, I think we did good pairing on cigars. I really did. These um these private reserve uh, black label tatuajes, they're just uh, uh signature sizes that are released in the black label stuff. They come through with all that that traditional low level spice. You've got um I think it's more of, of like a, a redwood taste maybe. Um, and then there's a really really unique. It's not it's not sweet, but it's. Um, It's complicated let's put it that way it's like you get a taste in these black labels that it's almost like it's like gin like uh like floral but then it gets hit with like sweet like coconut that kind of sweetness what i'm talking about like that i guess that would be molasses sweetness that kind of falls in on them and then strength wise it's just an even even keel um even keel medium strength profile. yeah well i'm into this curl magnum and i'm getting all that rich um layers of all that good tobacco <clears throat> when you retro this that's when you get this really solid like uh wheat or rye bread kind of marbling effect super good man <laughs> super good all right so now we're going to go to now this is uh 2019 so we're out of the 18th this, now okay now this already goes down as one of the best fucking bookers that well i think i've ever had that we've ever had maybe i think we're could agree on that yeah this one um this one is shiny barrel and this is probably one of my favorite stories too is because yeah. how they pick this is they noticed after a while all the tasters that go around and i guess they're the um, rick keepers Grim Reaper, but it's the like brick keepers, and they go around and they're testing barrels and whatever. And then after a while, somebody started noticing. And by the way, usually these guys have big bellies, so they're up on these barrels and they tap them and they pour and they're just tasting them. And they noticed this one was being rubbed and there was a shiny spot on it, so they ended up calling this story Shiny Barrel. <coughs> And that's what this is. This one is at 124 proof, six days, five months, and one day. God. Cheers. Let's have a little sip of the shiny about. Mm. Now you see, this is what I'm talking about. This is 124 proof. There's no heat. So different. It's so smooth. It's so amazing to me. So amazing. You know, when you get single barrels, right? You pick a barrel, you're running through five different ones. Of course, that's gonna be different than another one, right? But this creation that they do every quarter of the year, every one significantly different. And it's like you said, this does exactly what we were talking about. The heat on the backyard barbecue, like. You said it first. I think that's there to play to the name, right? This is there's no heat, none. Yeah, none. And this, I like the shiny barrel is the one that you remember the most because it is silky on your tongue to me. Yeah. It's not. It's not super heavy. It's not real airy and light. It's like the perfect mixture of just. You sip it down. It's got yeah. some uh, um, not butter scotch, but. 
me and my analogies, right? You know when you get that, you're sitting at the restaurant, you get that warm piece of bread, and you get the butter on there, and it just melts a little bit, that kind of butter to it. So, my wife likes this um, jelly with jalapeno in it. And it, I'm not saying there's jalapeno in there, but that sugary jelly, that after you put that on a piece of toasted bread, and I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I do it. You get that jelly, that jalapeno on that cracker, and when it's all gone, you kind of retro ale, and you get that spicy, sweet jelly, and that's kind of what this has, but it's like super smooth. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> the jelly especially, I think that's the silkiness I'm talking about, that kind of mouthfeel. Are, are no strangers to trying anything almost. I mean, oh, I try all of it. When I Every heard there was going to be jalapeno jelly on toast, I was like, you got to be kidding me, really? Yeah. And then I so did I will it, never forget. I was blown away. I ne will never forget. We came, This way before the Agua Farm was ever here. We came over, I was watching a blues game, something. Jane and I threw a little platter together, and she had that blackberry habanero jelly. And this little, you know, little container like that that may have been right? something you guys brought from down at uh oh she got it at deerberg's oh really? that's what it was well, i know you guys brought something from down there danny guns butcher shop you brought some sort of jelly i thought it might be there but she's looking no 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 the we may have this may have been after i didn't know about oh, okay. i didn't know about the spicy jellies until we had it here we had it here. Romeo and Jenny were here. What the fuck were we here for? Ah, whatever. I had it here. And then we found them. I started seeing them at Deerberg's. And then I saw, like, any guns just, they have them in, in bigger things. You know what I mean? That's all it was. But, you know, it's fucking like 20 bucks for jelly. So it's kind of crazy. But that's an awesome, awesome taste note there. I can okay. use that now. That's what that feel is. That You said that, and that's what that feel is now. But it's like jelly on toast, though. Yeah. Right? Like on but toast. But it's the aftertaste. It's, yes. it's almost like the barbecue. It's like the smoke off of all those um, all those drips that hit the side. And then the smoke comes up through that and picks it up into the smoke. You know, you're getting... It's almost like that. After you get that in your mouth and you're processing, it's kind of that aftertaste that they're getting. But we've said this before. All of these batches seem like they have a baseline. And then they try to somehow get these flavor profiles um, okay remember what you just said how they have a baseline right so when we sip through these other ones i want to see if we can hold that baseline because i'm thinking that that barbecue is the only one that didn't have it because of the heat yeah we'll see right away I mean, we'll see i don't know that'd be kind of cool so before i forget <clears throat> back to sheraton this storyline and the character that's being built around the oil industry is all going to be done around Billy Bob Thornton. Really? Which, you know, everybody loves a little Billy Bob Thornton. Everybody and actually, loves Billy Bob you know, he was in 1883. Yes, he was. That was probably the most interesting, what, well, two minutes of the whole series. So there. here's the thing. So that character that he played is a real person. Right. A real person. So when 1883 was first on, like I thought, they said five seasons. I thought it would be like, you know, you'd see these characters because his character in real life died in a, in a, a gunfight. A, 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 um, what would you call the challenges? 
fight. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, fight. You, you, you challenge somebody, a yeah. quick draw fight. Yeah. He died in one of those in 1885. Like, in, in real life, that character died. He tried to cheat. The gun doesn't go off. He gets shot. He dies out in the road. Damn. Yeah. Like, real, real story, real person. And I was like, oh, because... When they were saying these names, like when uh, um, not Tom Cruise, so uh, you Tom, them up. oh hell yes, yeah. not Tom Cruise, um, Tom Hanks. When Tom Hanks was the, what was he? He was, he was in the army. He was some the, was lieutenant the army? or yeah. something that showed up. His character, real character. You know, they, these guys played significant, like real characters during the time for the town they were uh, debarking from or embarking from. You know. So are we assuming that Dutton is a true story? No. Okay. No. Uh, no. Well, that's... There's no factual thing on that. But they have... They're, they're pulling this fictitious character and, and w- through and real history yeah. to get to where Yellowstone... So this, this, this happened. Like, this trail these people took, it's the, it's the Lewis and Clark Trail. Like, they took this trip to go do this thing. Or maybe the Lewis... No, yeah, it was before that early 1800s like 37 to 38 or something like that this is the trail that was taken so there these people did exist these these uh these cross-country guides they really did do that and then you did have like that uh sam guy they ran into that they knew from the army that was chasing down bandits there were there were people like that all over the west and wasn't that um shared that shared it yeah yeah <laughs> so and like you know that i watched hell or high water the other night because he wrote that too, with Jeff Bridges and um, oh, I didn't know he wrote that. We talked about that the other day. He wrote that. Oh, damn! And it was with Jeff Bridges and the Indian that's actually in Yellowstone. They were both Texas Rangers. Jeff Bridges and uh, I have seen Hell High Water. His boy gets shot. Bridges takes the long shot in the yeah. cliff. Yeah. But in that, when they're on their way to one of the banks, they've got all these cattle on the road. And Sheridan comes up to him, and he, and he is on a horse, and he says, I'll get these guys out of here. But Sheridan, how did he come up with that voice, man? Because his voice typically hasn't been that low. And he came up with this really low voice in 1883. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if if, if we knew how to do that, we'd have, I, I don't know. Like, how does Bayo get, you know, the Batman? You know, he had to go way low uh, on that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's cool. It's cool. He also wrote Sicaro. Sicaro, Sicaro, yeah, Sicaro, yeah, and uh, it's amazing the stuff he's written. And uh, anyway, he's talented, no doubt. Kind of blown away because he, he wasn't even on my radar until Yellowstone, right? Uh, no, I didn't know who the hell he was until I didn't even know. <laughs> so when I watched Mayor of Kingstown, when I saw the cook from 1883. I'm like, that's not a coincidence. Well, where is he in Mayor of Kingston? I don't know. I don't know. Because he's been in every one. I don't know. I haven't. Did we I didn't, miss it? Maybe. Somehow? Possibly. I don't know. Huh. <clears throat> but uh, wouldn't you have thought he might have been like a black op guy? Who, you know the black op guy who always shows up? sideline I'm going in and then he just like blows Jeremy Renner's like hey go in there and do some of that Iraq shit <laughs> um, well it's kind of like Dutton's son he goes dad don't worry that's what I do best right just kill people so 
I don't know. That's our movie talk. We're gonna get back into it. Um, oh no, we're king of banter. Yeah. Well. Oh, people have really enjoyed, especially especially on that. Especially um, of our viewers, yeah. uh, who listen to the show or what are into the same damn shit. And um, you know, I asked you a question last week on the podcast about something you uh, show you want you smoke a cigar to. I find myself smoking a cigar to 1883. I really do. Or do you do, you do that in a parka, uh, uh, a warm park on the back porch? Oh, the office now. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had a TV in there. Laptop, baby. That's prime. Oh, okay. That's on the prime. I got you. Well, mm. to come to this place soon, sometime. Yes. Anyway. All right. Well, we've. Uh, so, Shiny Barrel is a win. The Shiny Barrel. I really, really enjoyed that. Okay, so I'll tell you about my little adventure this weekend. I went up and saw my son, Gavin. Yeah, I want you to express the new outlaw to him, if you wouldn't mind. Well, so it's always hard when grandfather comes to Kansas City, now that I'm a grandfather. And, you know, grandfather loves Kansas City. It's where I played football and did all my giddy-ups in, in college. So I like to see the grandkid, like to hang out with uh, Kelsey and crew and, the, and little Savannah, which we did. But I like to get out, and uh, so we went to Lucas, which Lucas Liquor used to be here in St. Louis. I believe they're not here anymore, correct? No, Lucas is now Dogwood in St. Louis. Is it still owned by Lucas Liquor? Uh, no, someone else owns it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Gone. They're gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Kansas City, they're probably outside of Gomer's or Red X. They're the biggest liquor store in Kansas City now. And it's literally like a freaking supermarket you go into. And for whatever reason, they've got barrel bourbon. Uh, I mean, there is dovetail, no less than 100 cases. They've got every barrel bourbon you can think of, and I bought a new one. It's kind of a blue label, um, finished in some sort of uh, barrel. And um, we're not gonna have it on here today. But what I'm saying is, is I picked one and took it that was unusual, but they always have something unusual there and um but i was blown away by the people that were in there there was probably six lines 60 buying bourbon wine vodka beer i mean it was huge blew me away blew me away so anyway that's kind of the liquor story but outside of lactura which is down kind of in the art district in downtown kansas city um outlaw cigar there's like two major, now three. They've There's had the North Store and the South Store. They've had the North and South, which is up in Parkville, and then one down in Metcalf. Yep. Now down, which I call Riverside or North Kansas City, um, they've opened what we visited the other night is probably 25, 30 foot ceilings, huge everything. So it's, mean, a, it's a warehouse. It was a warehouse. That's yes. what it was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So they've got the front finished. The brewery's going in the back. They're gonna build a stage. They're gonna have pool tables, live events, outside, patios, inside. It's hard to tell you how many people were there when we showed up around seven o'clock, but I bet every bit of 100, 120 people, and it didn't look that crowded, but there's just tons of people. Um, the whole outlaw theme there has done so well. They've yeah. got bikers there, girls, there, if there's a hundred there, there's twenty girls there. So you know, a quarter of everybody that's coming there is women. That's cool. Probably a lot of them with their women, but some some smoking too. 
no food, but cocktails, beer, huge whiskey, um, and it's down in an area that's kind of an industrial area, but in that area they have like a barbecue and um, pickleball, like legit pickleball courts, and you can eat barbecue and play washers, bags, which they have bags there right now uh, that are working at Outlaw. Anyway, fantastic. And then you've got Lago uh, Churro. And then you've got another little small down in Westport, right next to the Red Caboose. Uh, that's a nice little humidor down in the middle of Westport. And, and that's basically it. Now that you don't have humidors and liquor stores and that place is a bicycle. Yeah, but, but I, that's I think the primary. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in and, and Kansas City, you're never, I, from what I've, from what I know, from competing and I was always staying by the airport in those hotels. Outlaw was 15 minutes away, you know. Um, I've Lockwood Churros 25, right? The other, you know, and then the uh, from there the other Outlaw before this new one was like 45, 50 minutes. So pretty much anywhere you were Anything in Kansas City, you want to go to is within to, uh, about 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean you can get out there. Which still is not as dense as St. Louis. I mean, in St. Louis, in 20 minutes, you can hit three different stores in pretty much any direction. Yeah. And I was talking about this the other day. I was like, one of the things that is so sincerely unique about St. Louis, and I think it's because you have the city and you have different stages of the county. And what I mean by stages of the county is you have expansion of the county, right? So you have expansion where highway went through. Then you have expansion where highway went through money followed money settled not necessarily money is still the main grasp there but businesses have come from the ground up you have all of that so no matter what lounge you go to within st louis to i guess we can say to st charles right because the county does become st charles county not a single lounge looks the same not a single lounge is the same vibe each one's got a different constant vibe going on and you can enjoy it in every facet you want to yeah. Which is really unique. Which is really funny about Kansas City because Outlaw's vibe is Outlaw's vibe. There's two of them, and now there's a really fucking big one. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you would think there'd be a little worry about filling it, but I went on a Saturday night. Granted, you'd probably figure Friday or Saturday night's probably their biggest night. But if there's that many people hitting that, and it's... strong and and Mark had talked by what do you call like the leather seating and that that they have involved in dream there. seats yeah I mean I don't know how many dream seats lit has but they probably have a hundred on the floor low seaters and then they've got probably another 30 40 high top uh, chairs um, with the outlaw and Sigley on it and Signia and then they've got an artist who's painting the skull outlaw guys or whatever yeah, on the walls. That's cool. But I mean, it's been done really well. Uh, and I was super impressed because we always talked like, man, too big is too big. But apparently to Kansas City, too big is just fine. Well, so so here's, you know, we, we say a lot, too, there is such thing as too big, right? You see it with, you see it with, actually, I think liquor stores are the prime example of it. You'll see a liquor store that has been so successful and there's just shit everywhere. And they're sitting in X amount of square feet, right? Well, then they move and they triple or quadruple that space. And now there's holes in the shelves. 
the shelves don't look full, the wine racks aren't full, because you have too damn much space, right? But if you're building to amass what you know you can get to, then that, then too big goes away, right? So maybe too big in that scenario was if they'd have done that twice the size it is, may have been too big. Right? Here's the other thing that you got to consider about Kansas City. Kansas City's a young town, right, compared to St. Louis. St. Louis is the gateway is to the West. I mean, St. Louis, the riverfront, this was where it all started, the gateway, right, because it's a river town to the West. And then Kansas City starts, and... When you look at the makeup and demographics of St. L- of Kansas City, that's a relatively young town compared to St. Louis. And where are all the young people going? They're going to Westport, downtown Kansas City. I mean, downtown Kansas City, especially the art district. And what's the other one? Kind of like our ballpark village. I can't think of the name. But there's, there's a couple big, huge um, entertainment areas downtown. And then you've got one that's just uh, north, and then you skip over the river in this industrial park, and there's another new entertainment area starting, and that's where this new outlaw slash distillery is right now. And, and I can see it totally. Uh, it's gonna be a big boom in town, and I see more cigar places opening. What I'm seeing in cigar smoking, it, it just doesn't look like there's a slowdown. More women are getting involved, more that, young people are getting so involved. I, I want to talk about that. Um, have you noticed, I mean, I, I certainly have, um, have you noticed the amount of more women smokers? And by, by that, I don't mean, um, you know, for a long time, there have always been women cigar smokers, okay? And I hope this doesn't sound bad when I say this. There's always been women cigar smokers that I've seen women, I've seen women come in and smoke anniversary padrones, and then their spouses or boyfriends smoke infused cigars. Okay, that's not a standard of smoker. I that's, would think that's that. that's a that's a a what you enjoy is your delicacy is your delicacy. Okay, um, an idea that I think needs to go away is if you know I'm Joe, you're Bob, we walk in and we're smoking you know, some crazy triple a harrow and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone sit down and they fire up a Blondie Bellicoso. Okay? That does not mean that we smoke better than they smoke. That's your pal, that's your delicate, that's what you're into. That's what you enjoy, right? And what I think that has adapted to now is for the longest time, and it was true in some way, the reason that you have Tatiana's, that you have the CAO flavors, the reason that you have all the infusions from Drew Estate is they were getting to getting to smokers that necessarily didn't just like the taste of tobacco, right? You could mask that a little bit by throwing some sugar on your lips. Okay, okay so let me ask you this question because I noticed this too. So how are these um, new cigar smokers being developed? I'm not so sure from what I see in the market are they de- being developed at like the core, like lit the cigar places, the lounges, and all that? When I go into like good uh, gas stations and you look at the cigars in the area, there's probably a hundred different varieties of cigars that are in cell- cellophane, a one or a two pack or a three pack of flavored cigars. I think the girls. 
quarantine and they're doing something, but they're not going to a cigar lounge, but they grab a couple and the lady's like, oh, hell yeah, I'm in on that. Give me. Oh. And they pick out their flavor. So it's 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 kind of getting hit, too, at the gas stations, the convenience stores. Yes. And they're picking this shit yes. up, I which am leads sure. to where you are. I lit. am sure that has something to do with it. But I also think that more and more women are getting into cigars. And then those women are, you know, when girls go hang out, right? Bring their girls with them. Then they start to get, and they'll smoke one. Well, no, okay, I kind of like that. It's a little too strong, you know? So they try something else. And I am just fascinated, and I love the fact that more and more women are getting into cigars. I think it's fantastic. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I really like it. As far as how people are getting into cigars, you're not wrong when you talk about the the kind of bovida sealed placements you can get in convenience stores, gas stations, truck stops, etc. now. But also, look at the timeline of cigars, right? So 20, what, 23 years ago now, 1999 was the big Reed cigar boom. Companies started expanding, brands started coming out, everything started building off that, cigar sales started going through the roof. So if in 2021 you were a 25-year-old kid and your dad or your mother, whomever, your uncle, whoever was smoking cigars his whole life got you into cigars, right? Well, now you're 45, 50, okay? Even if you're even if you're in your 60s, 65, and you have your 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old grandson, whatever, now you have them in cigars. And I think that's how you're starting to see the more younger crowd now. Because if you think about it, if you were born in 1980, okay, by 2011, you were 21 years old, cigars had exploded into mainstream media, into lounges started opening, true brick and mortars with seating where you could come in and smoke. If you were of age, you know, you could have a bottle, things like that. All of that started existing everywhere post 1999 okay so now if you're in your 50s you have an 18 year old 19 year old son coming up right or the daughter in that facet coming up you share a cigar with them well in two years they've been smoking cigars for two years you know they're, they're into it now they're enjoying the lounge atmosphere they're enjoying that kind of thing that's why you look at you know in 2012 the average cigar smoker age was 38 to 55 now it's 27 to 39 right because more and more younger people are getting into it you also have things like cigars have always been a prominent thing in the military right but it was you know you always saw in the movies colonels captains admirals smoking cigars you know it was always a thing but now you have foundations like cfw cigars for warriors right where these guys are sending thousands of pounds of cigars to in theater airmen and so airmen marine soldiers sailors every year right so now it's it's becoming a, a and when they're going into the core wherever they're going to do there are 18 19 20 year olds that are mm -hmm. heading and they're spending two to four years or whatever yeah. what's the the average sign up four years six four to six okay and that's where they're they're doing it as well. Yeah, and then so say they just do a four-year enlistment and they hop out, there's gonna be memories of those cigars. That doesn't mean that everyone's gonna jump on a cigar just because you were in the service, right? But 
it may be something that links you to it, right? And maybe something you end up sharing. But same thing, I'm sure it's the dude, same way with college, right? Dude, we, we talked last week about cigars and football. It's four years old. And I personally, it started with Joe Burrow. We talked about that. Keep your eye on colleges now. I bet you're gonna start seeing cigar clubs. You'll start seeing, especially in these prominent towns. Like, uh, I'm gonna say SEC schools because I can name big SEC schools, <laughs> okay? So University of Georgia, Alabama, University of Tennessee, right, <laughs> Mizzou. There's at least one cigar lounge within five miles of that campus, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know uh, there's Grand Crew, but I, I haven't hit that mark to really investigate. But I will say this, and I said this to my son, there's nothing like um, this. I would put the new Outlaw Place in the same kind of fringe as La Cachero. La Cachero, yeah. Because they're both industrial. Mm -hmm. They're both nothing special. It's just, it's wide open spaces, pool tables, young kids coming in, bring your own. Well, lock chairs, bring your own, yeah. right? The other one, but it's young kids getting into it. There's nothing like that in St. Louis. Now, do young kids come to lit? Yeah, they step up their game and they go to something like that. But there's nothing like that in St. Louis, unless I'm missing something. I, there isn't. Um, You get, so like during, you know, Stanley's and Grand Crew, for example, during uh, baseball season, they get a heavy draft, you know, especially in spring ball leading in through the summer because you have the tailgates and things like that. You get that heavy draft. Um, that's more of come and go, I would think. Well, I saw a lot of young people there Well, that's at cool. Outlaw, which was kind that's of surprising cool. to me. And now I, I know like certain areas, I mean, there's a lot of young people that come into Linton Crew. I, I know I know that for, like, for a fact. And that's going to be uh, even more prominent as the factory grows. Oh, as, more and When you more, guys man. do your Dude. move and expand. More you're probably going to be the one that's going to get the younger forget, generation. Forget, forget specific store location and everything like that. Just what we talked about, age of smoker, right? You know, you're going to start seeing, it happens all the time. I don't know any athletes from when Jordan was in his prime doing his thing. But I'm sure that that emitted that lifestyle to people, right? And that's the thing about cigars now. Dude, you don't have to make, you don't have to be a six-figure income individual to enjoy cigars and hang out. You don't. There are so many SKUs on the market now. For every for every $55 price stick, I would bet there's a hundred that are $11 or less. You know, because the cigar, cigars are for everyone now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody, it's not a, I say it all the time. It's not a rich white man's game anymore. <clears throat> this isn't country club lifestyle anymore. You know, you can just you can hang out, and smoke cigars. And yeah, but in the same token, we've talked about this, man. How prices are through the roof. Like, go get a couple hamburgers and order French fries and two drinks. Uh, you're thirty bucks. Well, go to McDonald's, get a couple hamburgers and French fries. Yeah, you like how the dollar menu went to a three dollar menu? I know. <laughs> it's like I buy the fam. I go to Wendy's once in a while, especially in the winter, and get the family style chili and make chili mac. It used to be ten dollars, fifteen dollars. Everything's going up. Anyway, all right. So we are at the third pour, and we're at 
2019-3 Country Ham. Um, smell that nose on that. This is 124 proof, pretty similar to Shiny Barrel. Six years, four months, two days. Ah, so this one comes back to memory. Yeah. The nose on this, to me, you know, I, I smoke a lot of meat, right? When you take, when you're, when you're raw seasoning and it's coming to room temperature, you know, paprika doesn't really have a taste, but it's got a hell of a scent to it. This is like paprika and sea salt. That's what that's what drew me to that country ham man. Okay, oh, you know you've brought you've brined chicken, right? Water and salt. The chicken, brined it in the fridge. Water and salt. No. Before you cook it. Oh. No. It tenderizes. It tenderizes the chicken. Apparently, I'm not a brimer. <laughs> not a briner. <laughs> well, let's see what's going on. Again, you talk about that profile. Baseline. That's that baseline is still smooth. That one's We're at there. that 124 proof. That one's there. And this one, that nose has got a little bit. Now they put that name Country Ham in there, um, but it's only it tastes like ham. I mean, it's not, no, 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 it's not got a different sweetness to it. Kind of a meaty sweetness. It's, and that's for me. For me, that's what. That's what. When you, no, I'm not even saying it's got a, a more salty meat. sweet to it. Yes, you know, it's it's got a, a finish. Of the, so the nose to me is that paprika and sea salt, that kind of um, that kind of raw meat texture flow that comes through. And um, but once you drink it, it's got that it's got that brininess. That's what I'm gonna say. It's like, it's like brine. And I'm not even gonna say pig because I would just so you're trying to rip it off, but brine meat. So it's like it's salty. Well, you I know? think the key one is a little saltier meat than like the. Um, well, the shining barrel definitely had some sweetness to it, but this has got more of a a salty sweetness to it. And so that's, don't, I don't know how much to say it more. Okay, than salted caramel, but but. <laughs> And I, I love that we don't sit around trying to figure out taste notes all the time because this would just be boring. But a salted caramel, but pull the sugar away from the caramel. That might that might be what, what I'm getting at there. But the cowboy's not kid when you say there is a baseline, man. The baseline taste for me so far, and we'll see on, on these other two. I, I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold it just because I want to know if. The proof, because I think backyard barbecue is the highest proof one. If I remember right, those are at like 125, so 123, have, 125. I want to say pigskin and I can't Boston, uh, Boston batch. Okay. And I know I'm, I'm thinking the Boston batch is a little hot. I think okay. so. But anyway, again, that baseline 124. It just seems like that 124 has really got a sweet spot to it. Man, this this comes back to, um, you know, I want to talk about this in cigars too a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna correlate, but they're gonna vary really well, very very far apart. I mean, I think we have we have found out we have kind of started discussing in the past uh, two years maybe. I think we've gotten into a lot more together. We've gotten into a lot more 115, 120 plus bourbons. The biggest example that I can use for what proof does, and proof can fight age. That's what's kind of cool about it. 
they can fight for it or against it, you know? Um, but this is hitting me a little deep though. I can it feel settles. it. It settles. It right. settles yeah. a little deeper this than settles. shiny barrel. Well, this also settles deeper than backyard barbecue. Yeah. So this is remnant. It hangs out. You know, you kind of get it down the old esophagus to the heart area, right? Whereas backyard barbecue, that was just flavor heat right there in, on your mouth. But getting past 100, the best term that I've used for it is like, so we'll talk about like, uh, Litz Barrel Picks, the 115 and the 102 in Yellowstone, right? 102 is a damn good bourbon right but then you poured 115 it was like ooh all that stuff i thought i was tasting prominent it's right there oh you can taste it with no question now you know it's like 100 to 110 is like the you know young man coming into maturity right and then you get above 115 and so on and so forth and it's you know successful career built out you know that kind of idea and that's how that's how i think about it so i'm the same thing in cigars now right mild cigars okay mild body mild strength there are still a couple that are on the market right but my biggest proponent that i use now is connecticut wrapper this connecticut wrapper that's being produced now produces so much body it's got such a prominent flavor to it that it's getting harder as as a tobacconist with new blends coming out to give somebody a true mild-bodied cigar because even these these super sweet silky heavenly deep smoke cedar filled vanilla natural connecticut cigars right man they're so damn good smoke They're so dense. Strength-wise, they're still mild as can be. You know, smoke five of them, you'll be fine, right? Yeah, being funny, but you know what I mean. I correlate that the same way I do with things are changing and things are continuing to get bigger and bigger, but with not. I don't think it's intentional effort. I think it's just learning through time. You know, because if it was intentional effort, I think you've been in bourbon way longer than me. Have you seen a gradual rise in proof on a constant? Because it's not even like one brand is doing it. Everybody, Everybody is, they might drop one here, then it hits, okay, so they'll drop a couple more. You know, Booker's is, is kind of the, 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 the baseline I'll use because every quarter they do one and they've never been less than one. I think the lowest one was 123.8. By the way, one of the bottles, and this'll prove what you're talking about because I think everybody's trying to do it is Jesse James. You know, his line that Orange started... Orange Choppers? No. No, what did Jesse, Jesse James, James started with um, the guy out there at... Um, Paul Ness? You know, up Custom there in bikes? North Dakota. Is uh, that Paul Ness that did Custom no, no, Bikes? No, 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 hold on. He he was in that... It was a reality series. They West were, Coast Choppers? No, no. It was up there... Where they do the annual, um, uh, Jesus, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Sturgis? Uh, where all the bikers go up north. Sturgis. Sturgis. And, you know, this guy had his own reality show. Um, God, what is his? Full Throttle. Full Throttle. So his buddy. Oh, oh, that Jesse James. Yes. He yes. started his own bourbon line. His he buddy owned there. Full Throttle Saloon. Yeah, and I can't think of his name. 
but his buddy started that full throttle line. He's got a cast drink that uh, was, there was one or two bottles left, and, and my son's gonna go up and grab it for me. I didn't grab it that night, but it's a cast drink Jesse James, and he's got a two different deal going on now too, and I thought that would be really interesting to check him because that goes along with your point. Everybody has to get in line and get your proof up there, and, well, and you're gonna get your money for it. And I think we can tie that into, I'm gonna loop it back to what we were talking about, female smokers, right? Getting away from the idea that if a female wants to have a cigar, they've gotta have a mild, sweetened version of natural tobacco, right? I think what you're finding now is the more and more, and this is not bashing low proof uh, whiskey because there are some utterly fantastic 92 and 94 releases out there that are insane, okay? Look, Elijah Craig Small Batch, I think is probably the damnedest best, not best, uh, Four Roses Small Batch, Elijah Craig Small Batch, uh, run through the Davies counties at 96. These whiskeys are insane. We'll drink them any time of the day, right? Even the Heaven Hill Green Label Heaven and White Hill, Label yep, are white still label, at 1980 proof that are yep. still amazing. Um, but you're seeing it's not a trend. It's it's a market trend, right? If, if more people are looking for higher uh, um, ABVs, higher alcohol content, because now they're, it's not about making the cocktail, it's about enjoying the pour. It's the same thing in the cigars, right? It's not necessarily all about just settling someone with what they want. It's about moving on to a new experience and enjoying well, the experience. Well, also, it's not about uh, 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 quantity, like how many beers, how many drinks no, can we it's, have? It's let's for, like, hey, let's finally, cut our quantity down and let's cut it in half and drink more quality. We're finally to quality over quantity. Right. Which for a long time I think was probably an issue, you know. But, yeah, that's cool. That's really interesting. Even in <laughs> scotches now, man. I mean, even in scotch whiskey. For a long time, I'll say at least for Edrington and company, right? So McAllen, Highland Park. McAllen had the classic cut, right? Classic cut's a 108 proof scotch. It was it belonged to one of the travel series that became itself. That scotch breathes, breathes and drinks so differently than any other McAllen product, right? But then when you look at Highland Park's Mashlin, you drink through the Valkyrie series, the doors and all that stuff, 12 to 18, up to 21. Well, then there's high voltage, or, or it's a, um, no, just cast strength, Highland Park. Maybe it's high, maybe that's what they call it, high voltage. I'm not sure. It's so, like the liquid just weighs more. You know, it's such a different um, aspect of, of scotch. And you're starting to see more and more of those pop up. So it's not, it's not just like it's the American market with the bourbon and the whiskey that's trying to raise to it. The Scottish market, the European market is drawing more into this. Well, just remember when we discussed the fact about the bourbon market and they were lagging and somebody marketing-wise came to the big boys down in Kentucky and they said, hey, you guys are going to have to start doing flavored whiskey. And they're like, what? Are you crazy? We're not going to do flavored whiskeys. And guess what? It's a absolutely multi-billion dollar industry now. And guess what that market has done? It's drawn in the women. 
into the market and I'm assuming in some ways it's done the same thing into the cigar industry. Um, well, and as well as it's not, done it into the vape industry. Let's not. The vape industry went absolutely fucking bonkers when they started yeah. introducing flavors, flavors vapes, yeah. right? So, I don't know. Let's not just highlight the women, man. I know, I know, or don't know, but you've seen. So, men as well. With men in the beer market, right? IPAs, fruity IPAs, sours. Oh, yeah. Uh, these things started becoming more and more popular. You have, there are people out there, as much as like we like whiskey, there are people that, that are just as involved, just as passionate about beer. Well, these flavored whiskeys eased them on over. You know, they came in, they started trying stuff. Like the most prominent one to me, I know everybody always says Fireball, but that's Screwball peanut butter whiskey. I've seen I've so it, many beer drinkers. You said it was actually pretty good. It, it's, it's dangerous because it literally, if, if you're the kind of person that will eat a spoonful of peanut butter, this whiskey tastes like a spoonful of peanut butter. I'm absolutely It's absolutely, it, it's, it's, you want, you want to not like it for that reason, but you can't not like it. I don't know why my shit keeps cutting out. <laughs> all right. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest. Uh, weather-wise, we're still getting unbelievable sunshine, clouds, and... It's amazing, man. 63 degrees out here. We should have been backed out. Uh, we're catching some amazing rays. So, well, listen, man, we're finishing up the uh, 03s. We're going to get the 02s, and then we'll be finishing this up. Yeah. This has actually been a lot of fun for me. You know, I. it's actually really, really funny. For being such Booker's nuts, and I think I've said this a million times, I think my, if I had to pick a favorite whiskey, it'd be Booker's, right? I, I Because I like the constant rotation, but the, the creation, the creativity, the constant build of what it is is just so fascinating to me but for the life of me i can't sit down and think because it's not like we don't have these right i mean like shit i I still have four unopened like they're still in the damn wooden box bottles that aren't open of bookers that from 18 to 21 you know like they're not in not in order like there's random 18 through 21 they're there you know, I've got I've got two open right now. I think I have pigskin open, and I have no. I have no strange or no stranger. Oh, that one open. Strangers Knoll. Strangers Knoll. That one's open, and then I have. I, I want to say Strangers Knoll. No, but it's Strangers No. no. Yeah, like Fred No. Or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're open. They're there, and it's you know it's. If if I could, if I see boogers and boogers is reasonably priced, it's something that I pick up. I, I, I keep. It. I, don't, I don't really care how old it is. It's just it's fun to have around. All right. So what are we on now? Okay. So now we are on Boston Batch. Boston Batch. Now right. Boston Batch is at one twenty six point five six years three months ten days. Who gives a shit? Anyway. Boston Batch. I don't remember the whole damn story behind Boston's Batch, but I remember when it came out, 
Was this the one? No, that was pigskin. Pigskin. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that. But one when now. this one came, I was really kind of shocked because, of course, my boy's done some time in Boston. He's a Boston Bruin guy and whatever. And I was like, well, this would be interesting to see who did what this was. And we did it, and we were both like, yeehaw, this damn and, Boston. And it's funny because it has nothing to do with Boston, Massachusetts. It's Boston, Kentucky. <laughs> Really? That's the story on it, yeah. It's uh, somewhere in it's Boston, Kentucky. It's been a while Kentucky. since I've read the damn story. Let me see if I can pull the story up. I have the card. I don't remember. I'll have to go dig it up. It's probably in my drawer, but anyway. They always they always put these up. But I, I immediately... Do you know how much that bottle is worth now? The Boston Batch? Jesus Christ. And that's 2020? Not even two years old. Not even two years old. You can buy about five hundred bucks right now. It's it's um, delirious. Speaking of delirious, have you had the delirious um, beer with the white delirious elephant? Delirious tremens? Yeah, it's an eleven point three percent white yeah. ale. Yeah. Well, here, cheers on this. Yeah, cheers on I mean, that. Let's I, I kind of hit the. Well, I don't know if it's the wind or what, but I'm not pulling the nose on that. I think in the nose, you're getting a lot of proof out of the nose. Um, but again, you got that. This is 126, a few pops up, but again. So I'm gonna say, well, I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I think my base is in Booker's when we're done. This. So there's a little bit, very, 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 very minuscule heat here, right? Hang on. This for me is more peppery. Yeah. There's not a lot of this. There is some slight sweet, but this is more of a, a peppy, uh, not a, a peppy pepper. Peppy pepper. Peter Piper, 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 Piper. The falafel is a No, this, this, yeah, this is more like, so let's keep talking meat, right? Because we're talking cooking meat. If you've got a good, like, black pepper crust on a steak, this is that that retro or the leave around that you're getting on your tongue. But man, I'm goddamn, I'm telling you. And this is 126. Yep. What was backyard? 124. No, backyard was half. Oh, backyard barbecue is 128, maybe. Yeah, 128. All right, so two points improved. Should not, should in no way be much different at all, right? It's two points. But. Studio session of this song? Yeah. No, this is just a video of him and his dog. This fire on the mountain? No, I don't think so. Um, stick figure? Or on the horizon? Something on the horizon? Fire on the horizon? Yeah. Yeah. Fire on the mountain's Grateful Dead. Sorry. Which I've got an amazing version of Fire yeah. on the Mountain. Um, it's best done at night because it's uh again we freak out because we're in the winter right i've got this amazing version 
on YouTube of Fire on the Mountain. It's these artists who go out into the mountains and they put all of these colored lights. Like, it's been done, you know, these shake-up, like, light, uh, what do you call them? Light tubes or whatever. Like, you crack them. Sticks. Yeah. Sticks. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got them, like, they're long, like, strings, and they tie them to their whole body, like skeletons. And what they've done it is to skiers and surfers, and they actually have lights out in the water and up in the mountains, and they do these high-lit snow scenes in the mountains to fire in the mountain with Grateful Dead, and it's utterly amazing. Well, I'm almost down to a pinch. Yeah, I'm getting ready to finish this guy. You know, and th this is, again, too, I want to come back to, to pairing a little bit. So I said this at the beginning of the podcast. We don't ever team up the strength or body of the cigar against what we're drinking, but we're going to sit here and do a half-ounce pours of, of six different 125, 123-plus proof bourbons. you got to be wary of, especially ones that we don't drink daily, you know, you got to be wary of what it's going to do. So we did go fuller body, medium strength, right? Is that kind of sit in a medium? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, the especially, especially for mine, I'm really curious about the Candela and yours, but in this uh, private or private reserve black label of the Tatuaje, um, this really held a solid wood and spice component through all of the whiskey. Obviously, the backyard barbecue elevated all that. Right, you can't argue that at all. But well, this cigar mimics uh, the Boston batch more than any one that I've had to this point because this uh, Pro Magnum is already layered with spices, and uh, and there's really nothing more to say to that. I always think I'm going to add more, but that's really it. It's a layered, spicy. Very consistent through the whole cigar. Outside of the candela in here, which is a flavor that kind of I don't do a lot of candela, so that's really kind of it's really kind of surprisingly different. Um, but it matches up almost. This is like the candela bourbon. I mean, and spicy uh, uh, Cro Magnum. This. Boston's back. Do you eat pistachios? I do eat pistachios. Okay. Do you eat dried fruit? I do eat dried okay. fruit. Okay. Especially cranberry. Here, okay. Hear me out. Take a pistachio, uh, like a, a spiced one, right? Sea salt, cracked pepper, or, or whatever, and a dried mango. I don't know that I've eaten a lot of That's what mangoes. this is doing. Well, cranberry would be there. I'm talking that, like, when you dry fruit. Isn't it? You oh, don't berry. get a lot of mango. Berry. This guy's got a love mango yeah. cut up in my salad. It's fantastic, dude. It's killer. If you if you can and get who does that? Cordoba. Cordoba. Yeah. I said that wrong. Yeah. Cordoba. Cordoba. Anyway, they have that salad where they throw that mango in there. I'm like, you want to? Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it this summer. I'll either come here and cook them, or we'll do it. And we'll probably do it here because we got the water. But um, get a get a good steak, right? Nothing crazy. Like actually, fillets are kind of the best word. Cup of mashed potatoes and four fresh slices of mango. 
it, it it gets you it gets you such a savory thick meat taste but then that salt and that pepper with that that seared meat against the butter and the starch and then you just hit it hit it with that tropical sweetness of a mango it's insane but what i'm getting at is what this last taste on this did a little spice and and, and and the cedar wood from the cigar and it really made me think about pistachios and dried fruit because when you get dried fruit right dried fruit always has like a, a little sodiumness to it a little saltiness but then you taste the fruit absence of its sugar who is our guy the cook the uh youtube guy we oh joe on. yeah 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 he would have been good to have yeah. on this well episode. we're gonna have him back on because i'm not well, kidding he's a cook and that's oh he's a so dude, cool he's to a, have he is a culinary graduate like that that's now i i look you hear stories all the time i respect anyone that works in a kitchen right if you work in a fuck if you work in an applebee's kitchen you're a head chef you know food okay you're not there because you don't know food right i i feel like the only thing that separates them from like prime steakhouses and shit is skull sco, skulls schools certifications maybe time under under stress or whatever things like that but when you can disassociate and reassociate food that way, like when you go, hmm, okay, so you go you go to a, you, I mean, god damn, they do it in so many restaurants now. You don't have to go to a five-star restaurant. You can go to a restaurant, here's Chef Special tonight, right? And it's this meat with this unique vegetable and this starch. And you're like, man, that, that's different. Let's try that. And it's just great, right? When you can do that, those are some of my the people that I would even if they don't smoke cigars I would love to sit down and have a cigar with them and a glass of whiskey or a wine you know it's like when Jane I breaks down wine right she helps you understand what's going on and then when you're tasting three things and you've got like core words she helps you understand the things you're, you're missing you're not not even so much missing you're you're catching them but she'll fine-tune them for you you know what I mean that's what like Joe can do like he he, he brings it in you know um but we have to we're gonna do that podcast again because i i shit you not in the past five weeks i have spent about two hours a week trying to scrub that volume and i can't have you been to the store and tried to look for white pepper well i know what white pepper is now what is white pepper so he told us so but i cannot it's not like you it's, just white pepper is not a thing white pepper is not a thing white pepper is ground peppercorn when you fresh grind peppercorn that's what he called white pepper. Oh, I'm that has white, I'm grinding sweeter, pepper corn all my That shit. has a lighter, sweeter texture than if you take coarse black pepper and shred it on your stuff. That's I'm like when you get all the over bite. this white peppercorn. I'm like, no. where, where the And remember, I asked him that. I was like, can you clarify what this white pepper thing is? Because I've been cooking meat a very long time. Not never professionally, never for anyone that gives a shit. But my friends and family seem to like it. So that's a win for me, right? I ain't never used white pepper. <laughs> I'm no look. McCormick Brands doesn't make a white pepper. Linguini with white clam sauce and mm. peppercorn and a little bit of Parmesan on the clam sauce with the right wine. And if it's not too watery and it it adheres and it's a little, it's just there's just not much better than that. No doubt. I mean, it's amazing. Well, I'm getting ready. To, I'm done with my uh, Cro Magnum. I'm getting ready to do. Do you have any more of those? This particular one? Yeah. 
I have this one. The uh, can I smoke that with it? Yeah, that's different. That's not the same thing. It's a little bigger size, but you it's the trade? same one. No, I mean, go ahead, light them up. Can I smoke this with you? Yeah. Okay, cool. I particularly and Hombre I'm Libre is the same thing. Oh, that's the size. This it's is what I'm sight. okay. This is one okay. Super Toro. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But instead of this being a second label, it's connected like that. It's just longer. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It's not fucking rock. Well, you, you would fucking think it is. I okay? know, brother. You would think it is. I've always said this to you many times. This Habano uh, JFR Lunatic. And I. This is close to what I would say a uh, Cohiba Robusto um, from Cuba. Um, I just find it for the price and whatever they're selling it for and the packaging because there is a, a gold foil pull on it, right? Mm -hmm. And I just always have found this so enjoyable to smoke. And a lot of guys, like uh, my nephews and that, are asking me for a startup smoke. Um, not that I don't. Uh, the Cyclops is a good one too, but... I've always found this one to be beautiful, and um, I'm a big believer in JFR. I think they've got a great line of cigars, especially for the price point. Um, and uh, this is another one. I, I should have got more, but they had a prominent section and Outlaw Cigar up there uh, for these, too. So I'm going to light this little baby up, which hard to do in the wind, but we're going to give it a go. But yeah, I'm gonna be really interested to see at the end of this because we only got one uh, left and that's the 2020-03 uh, pigskin. And uh, we'll see, but I, my bet is, I mean, Boston Batch and Shiny Barrel, I've always felt like, you know, you just, they're just amazing. I don't know if nobody, anybody has noticed, but I'm noticing these uh, in the morning, even when it's cold, all the spring birds are starting to get chirping. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but always around this year, I'm seeing a lot of a little finches and a lot of little bitty birds getting all excited. And I think we're probably another three, four weeks away um, from kind of a springy thing, but I just noticed the birds are chirping in the morning, which is kind of unusual. Kind of a, a little thing, you know, for spring coming. Anyway, so my thing with JFR lit up. that I told you this before is I look Aganorsa Tobacco. Okay, this is made by Aganorsa Cigar Company, Max Fernandez, Nicaragua. They make some of the biggest, biggest cigar companies. Not biggest. A lot of companies use Fernandez family Aganorsa Tobacco. Um, you may have to go hit that again. Yeah. But JFR, does anybody know what that stands for? Just for retail. Just for retail. So about two years ago, didn't you buy some of these online? Who bought these online? I've never bought them online. Somebody bought these online and was like, yeah, I bought them from X whatever. And I went, well, that's a little irritating because it didn't matter what level of retail account you were with Aganorsa these were just for retail. You couldn't find these in another shop or an online store scenario. And now you can find them online, but that's just me, me bitching if that's what your thing's gonna stand for. But 
It's all good. I love it. Their tobacco is fantastic. If you have not smoked Aganorsa, if you get a chance to smoke Aganorsa, go smoke Aganorsa tobacco. It is, it is definitely, I won't even say top five. Look, I personally believe that Pepin Garcia creates, him and the Padron family kind of go back and forth with who's got the best tobacco in my mind. Obviously, Pepin creates more blends. Padron simply sits with Padron. Um, but it's they are the best tobaccos out of Nicaragua, hands down. Um, coming out of that afterward, obviously, you have Rocky Patel stuff. You've got uh, Foundation stuff. You have AJ Fernandez. I think AJ Fernandez does some really good tobacco when he's doing his own thing. A lot of his stuff that he does, or not a lot, there are a few of a lot of the things that he helps create for other companies that are really good. Um, but I, I really wish maybe he would take a two, three year hiatus and rebuff his brand and put his stuff back out. So, all right, let's light these bad boys up, man. Well, I think I kind of got into these. I, I want to say, I'm trying to, I'm wondering where I first About found three these. years ago. And I don't know if I, oh, I, oh, okay, I can tell you where I found them. Um, I was in Fort Myers, not on the beach, but in the city. And I went into a humidor and I looked at all these cigars and I got this JFR and the guy, I handed it to him and he goes, man, you must know what the hell you're doing. I'm like, why you say that? And he goes, but for the money, that is the best cigar in that humidor. That um, just for retail cigar line, the tobacco that they use in that for my money is some of the best that's out there right now. And, but I didn't do the Habano that I finally found. And I just found it to be such an amazing smoke. Um, especially through all the different regions that we smoke and the blends and stuff that we do. I just always found this cigar to be amazing, especially for the price. No doubt. And the presentation. And I'll tell you right off the bat, Habano wrapper, you know, we talked about the, the hooligans what we originally wanted. It was just too soft of a wrapper. Habano used properly. This has such a unique spice directly from the, the ignition, the starting burn. <gasps> I mean, I, 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 I don't know. This is, and it's so clean. I mean, it is so clean. And you would almost think it is like a Connecticut. Uh, uh, yours is a tad darker than mine. But I mean, the wrapper, color-wise, I always wonder, and you'll probably be able to tell me this, the, the uh, ring is a little loose. And I know there is an expansion um, with these cigars at a certain level where... Well, th this right here, have these been sitting in your travel humidor? I just got them. Okay. This, yes, weekend? Okay. And the well, Saturday. And the weather in those two days has raised 35 degrees. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that very well could be why the, the glue kind of like or the tightness subsided a little bit but that's nothing to worry about i mean we're well, good let's uh have we already done it i'm like 
the Boston. Yes, oh, our last one is Pigskin. Oh, yeah. So we're just finishing up our Boston match. What are we in there on our thing? Well, this is going to be the last thing we do. I mean, right now, for me, barring the pigskin, it's between Shiny Barrel and Boston Batch. Um, and I kind of knew that going into this. Now, we still have the pigskin, which I know is another good one. But I've kind of known this, that we love them all. But there's just a few that stand alone. And I think eventually me and you will discuss the fact of those two probably. Yeah. So now we're pouring the 2020-03 at 127.3. And I'm not even going to read the days anymore because it doesn't matter. It's at least six years. Minimum five months and then some days. So the funny story about this bottle, we picked this bottle up two years ago. We were actually headed over to the Squirtin' German's house for a party. I was in a completely separate part of the state. The Cowboy was in a completely separate part of the state. And there had been a long delay in Booker's. And the rumor that had gone around is that Jim Beam decided to scratch the 03 that year for whatever reason. Well, I walk into a Friar Tuck. I'm looking to get a bottle to bring down. There's three bottles at the checkout. And it says Booker's 2020-03. I picked that up and I go, hey, is this the 03? And the guy goes, no, it's CO2. I'm like, man, it says 03, and I've never seen that label. He goes, yes, yeah. so I bought two bottles. I walk out, I get in the truck, I call Hodge. I'm like, dude, Booker's released a third a third uh, release this year. And he goes, I literally just bought one. I was going to surprise you tonight. I'm like, you want to bring yours or mine? Because I got two of them. That's <laughs> uh, crazy. And the crazy thing where I got mine was out at the Riviera 2, which if anybody's familiar with St. Uh, St. Louis, this is out in St. Charles on uh, 98 or 94. I don't know, sometimes I get a mix because there's so many different highways I do. But but this is out there kind of uh, like if you're headed out to the Golden Eagle or to uh, Town. It's right out of Town, where Boeing and those are right over the bridge, 361 or whatever. There's a uh, nice little uh, um, liquor store. Uh, MacArthur, no, not MacArthur, uh, McDonald. Yes. Yeah. That's where Aaron works, off McDonald. Cheers. Cheers, man. All right, let's nose this. Now, this has got a really um, kind of manila, vanilla. Yeah, manila, manila, vanilla. Yeah. Whenever I say a manila, vanilla, of course, you know who I think of. Billy Vanilli. Mini Vanilli. That's good. And the crazy thing about that one is, is we just went up in proof again, which I've always talked to this about the Viking. I'd love to have a, a master distiller and say, listen, how do you guys do this? Because there are some proofs like, okay, let's just say we do 127 proof. We can do some that are so hot, and then we can do others that are so smooth. How do you guys achieve that? Uh, this shit right here is fucking magic. It is. 
this lunatic, this Habano lunatic, and this pigskin. Which we're both smoking. Lights the out. The same cigar, only different sizes. Yeah, I've got a Super This Toro. is like the Hooligan. We're just doing our... You're uh, doing the Hooligan, I'm doing the Super Toro. Right. That's where we're at yeah. right now. This is... No. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say this now. The baseline in Booker's for me is a buttery honey char. That's what I get in every single one. It's a base. And then it just, the, the sweetnesses differ, the nose differs. The only one, sweetness. the only one that has stood out separate is backyard barbecue. Like, okay, so from, from here, we're what? One, that's 127? Yeah, we're almost Point one. at, well, this is 127.3. Three. 1.5 points to backyard barbecue. And that's more of a little book than any of these are. The heat on that is so upfront, or I should say the char is up front. The peppers, the burn oak, all that's there. This, the heat's there, but it, it it's the heat's a taste note. This is what you I bet taste they it do. and it goes away. We've never talked about this. So I would love to be with the master distiller and, and know it'd be great to have on and talk to him, but I bet they do this is how they blend this is like the Rick House. They go in there and they blend some of the bottom with the top and they come up with, right? Because obviously the bottom of the Rick House is gonna be sweeter. The top of the Rick House is gonna be a little hotter because of the heat. Right. But there has to be some sort of blend between bottom and top to come up with where they find there's an amazing blend right there. That would be my guess. What do you think of that? I agree. I agree. Uh, now, I, I've never pretended. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a distiller. Uh, what I know of whiskey is what I drink. Um, I know what everyone else knows about what you read. Um, but that wouldn't surprise me. And that much, much like we've talked about tobacco, you know, um, How many times has, a, I, I talked about this last week, I'll make this short and then I'll get into the distillery side. A master blender comes up with a blend they know and they roll it and they smoke it and they go, hmm, all right. I wanna keep the tobaccos, but we need to alter amount of this leaf. Maybe we need a little more time on this leaf. We gotta flip this around. Combustion is not right, it's too ammonic. There's too many things. That's not what I want it to be. Okay, and you go back. If a cigar blender's doing that, right? on a finite product, right? It's not like you can just spend weeks rolling different flavors and hit a deadline, right? With whiskey, you've got product in barrels by the, typically it's by the hundreds, right? Is, would that be fair to say? Yeah. Okay. You can mess around with barrels four or five times a day and then you find it. And I think, especially in, in the instance of bookers, when they find that, that's when they pull those barrels, they blend them, they bottle them, and that's that age statement you get on the bottom, right? I think that's when that, and I think that's very fair to say that, because it is it is so fascinating to me. I said it earlier, why it's so unique, why I love the creativity is, all of these are different, but but that baseline is there, and it, it's it's in them all. Of them. You know, I would comfortably say, like with 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 my knowledge, if you line these up blind, again, 
they're not blind now, right? I'm just getting, I think I could call them. The one I couldn't call, not call in my name, but oh, that's Booker's, that's Booker's, you know? Backyard barbecue would be the one I'd miss. And it's not, it's not, it's, don't, guys, don't get me wrong here. If you find a bottle of backyard barbecue, buy it. But own it, drink it, enjoy it. It's amazing. But it's the you only can't one miss that's slightly with any I mean, even strangers know. I, I didn't want to pick it and put it on here because it's so new. But um, that one is another really uh, memorable one. But I was pleasantly surprised over Boston Batch. I was thinking that that was going to be the two. But then now that I've had this pigskin, I'm maybe rethinking it a little bit. And this was my thought going into today. I was gonna either pull out a bunch of bibs and work about four or five of our favorite bibs and see what we thought, uh, excluding Old Fitzgerald, but, um, and see what we came up with because there's more than five. Uh, well, and of, of course there's more, I'm saying like, let's, let's rock with five of them. Maybe we'll do it on the next one or the next couple down the road here, but. Again, pigskin, I haven't had it in a while. But you were dead on in that story, which is really crazy. Fuck, that is good. Okay, so let's do this. Let's, uh... None of these are bad, but let's pick the favorites of the day. Without a question of a doubt, I think it's shiny barrel pigskin. I have not had backyard barbecue in a long time. It's shiny barrel and backyard barbecue for me. Today. Yeah. yeah. Like today as favorite. Now, in recent memory of Booker's, what are your two favorites? Well, until I just had this, I was going to say Boston Batch and Shiny Barrel. Yeah. Shiny, so I will say that Shiny Barrel has been the largest stick out to me in all of the Booker's releases. The kitchen table was absolutely amazing. I think I have a kitchen table yeah, down there. I'll bring, I'll bring it over. Okay, so what we've tasted out of these, what do you think is the one? Today? Yeah. I don't know, today I think I'm gonna take a pigskin, today. And I think it's because of this they go so damn well together you know well no wait a minute you just said your two were today were shiny barrel and backyard barbecue but out of all of it the best is pigskin yeah then what we're drinking yeah of course yeah 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 but i think that has to do with with this cigar and this whiskey they go so damn well together you know like the, the tatuaje and then you can talk about the cro-magnum but the tatuaje that thing just played along with everybody. It was great. It gave it. It, it gave it. It, it. it handled well. But as of right now, I'm gonna go, and that's just what I'm, I'm doing. I mean. Well, the funny thing is, is um, yesterday. Hey, I'm, gonna do this. I'm, uh, gonna, I'm gonna take a little pour back on. So here's the thing. I was gonna say this, and, and he's not gonna get to experience this. But yesterday, we were at Grafton because that's one of me and my wife's favorite place to go. It's a little playground of. You've got the Aries Winery, 
um, Grafton Winery. But I was there yesterday. Yeah, and he was doing his little <laughs> hike around and, and good. We didn't get to the, no meet up, but he, uh, anyway, and he hasn't been with me to Brussels, but there's a hotel up there. Anyway, it's got like old fashioned dinners and everything. But at the end, me and Janine split some old fashioned chicken, mashed potatoes and corn. And then in the end, she goes, what do you think about dessert? Apple pie and vanilla ice cream. And she brought it out in a bowl. Let me tell you something, brother. If I could have picked the perfect thing right now, it would have been pigskin, the cigar, and apple some of that pie. vanilla ice cream Ooh. and hot apple pie in that dish. Uh, holy hell. It was bad. Okay, so podcast idea. Maybe we'll tap it next week. Ah, that's going to be hard to... Maybe we can do it. Well, sometime this summer... Desserts? We need to go to the hotel, and um, we'll bring that oh, bottle. Well, that'll be totally cool. Dude, she, she, and we'll she, try to do that. We'll do the pig skin. Check this out. Why I think we got enough to do... Yeah, we've I've got, got I've got I've got a whole pigskin there. I'll bring the it's oh, still cool. sealed. Yeah, I have an so opening. So we got yeah. we'll do the pigskin and that apple pie and yeah. the cigar again. I, I mean, we're, we're down there. We're driving around. She's never been down there. And I told her the idea we had when we were at Third Street doing the podcast about getting a room. We can get a room. Yeah, we jump yeah. over to Brussels, <coughs> hang out at the hotel, and then come them, back and do I the nightlife. Buy me one of them decanters. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you got to do a cool picture for that so we can show it to everybody. Yeah, I want to see that. Absolutely. But uh. Yeah, desserts would be fun. Like, I don't eat sweets, you know that. Like, I have, I have baby ass teeth. Like, sweet sugar really, really hurts my teeth. But man, there's something about cheesecake. The hardiness of cheesecake with a really, really rich, full strength cigar. Oh my god. Here's the other thing I oh want to do. God. One night, I want to take you here soon. I want to take you down to Bellwether, and I want me and you to have that pork steak dinner. Um, which I've had the pork steak dinner at Bellwether, and you've had that. What is it? Is it like kraut that's red and they season it the and all the, kraut that with the, the potatoes that are yeah. brown and whatever? Yeah. I just found the I flavors ate that the last to be time amazing. we were at Bellwether together. <laughs> we did, yeah. I don't know. We were on the rooftop, I didn't think they had it at that point, yeah. With all that red, that, that red, rich, it's like it it's like amazing. vinegar. Uh, what what do you call and that? The potatoes. Uh, I didn't even know they're really potatoes, but they're super brown and soaked in this and that. I just thought it was amazing. What do they, they call that? Um, the pork steak called, was done like I don't do pork. Right, I do barbecue pork steak, but that fucker was grilled. Oh my god, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Okay, all right, so guys. Good. So check it out. We're going to sit here. We're going to finish our pour. We're going to sit on these cigars. We do have stuff we have to do today. Um, we were really happy to get this in today. Cowboy, you're the man. Thanks yeah, for setting thank this you up, for dude. Over. This weather, there was no way we are passing this up because for shits and giggles, we'll send you some snowed-in cigar photos, uh, especially the Patreon. We'll, we'll set something up for you guys this week. Um, but don't forget things I want to shout out, and I'll let the Cowboy take us out. FFK stands. Miguel at FFK stands. Skulls, the ashtrays, uh, bottle openers, trays, all that. Craft Puro 15, C-R-A-F-T-P-U-R-O-1-5. Saves you 15% off everything, including discount deals. So if he's selling a skull for $30, you get 15% off that. Our discount code is not limited to non-sale items. Also, thank you to Lit Cigar Lounge, our locker sponsor, 
Be sure to get in there, man. When I say big things are coming to lit, you just wait and see, man. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. Well, and hopefully this late spring and summer, right, we're never gonna be free, but let's just hope this summer opens up and we can have some fun again. Our travel it's schedule. Years of yeah. bullshit. Our travel schedule is gonna come to fruition this year. Uh, within, within reason. You know, I'm not saying one a month, but There'll be two on-the-road podcasts, or there'll be four on-the-road podcasts, two per weekend we're on the road, and you'll get a month of podcasts from different locations, which will be a lot of fun. We just got to work the logistical logisticalization. I want to make that word sound funny. The logistics out um, to work all that out and have fun with that. So, Mahalo, guys. Thank you. Um, shout out to Unrolled. If you want to watch the Worst Cigar Podcast, podcast on the internet and just laugh your ass off and not learn the first letter of Wellard, AP Cigar, owner of Table 36 and uh, the Unroll Podcast. So, from the Viking, mahalo guys, I'm out of here. And the Bourbon Cowboy Man, always thanks for listening and we'll see you next week, guys. Giddy up.